It's that time of year again, Satellite Sisterhood. That's right, Galentine's Day. Oh yeah, I said Galentine's Day because we're the Satellite Sisters. We can't really help you with Valentine's Day. You're on your own to get a Valentine. But if you want to take this opportunity to say thank you to your female friends, the women in your life that get you up, get you going, and get you through, then that we can help you with. Our collection of essays, You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship, is the perfect thank you note, the perfect Galentine card for the women in your life, for your besties, your BFFs, you know, the people that get you up, your satellite sisters. You can find You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship at Amazon.com, at your local bookstore, or at gift stores everywhere. Leave the chocolates for someone else to give. Give your satellite sister You're the Best, because you know what? She's the best. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. This is our weekly recap of Madam Secretary. We're talking about Season 2, Episode 13, Invasive Species. And, Julie, I think that's what happened to Lord Grantham on Downton Abbey this week, man. He had an invasive species, didn't he? He certainly. It was like an alien, Leon. So. <laughs> I know I'm mixing a lot of TV shows, but there was a lot happening Sunday night. And so let's try to keep them all straight, shall we? I'm yes. Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. My sister, Julie Dolan, is in Dallas, Texas. And Julie, this one was all about a family funeral. And you know what? That McCord family, they were putting the fun back in funeral, weren't they? Yes. Yes, they were. It was a very different kind of episode, Leanne. And I, it's one of my favorites. I, I really, really liked this episode. I mean, I just thought it was uh, very moving. It was emotional. Uh, it took us, to, you know, we learned a lot more about the characters and their families, and I enjoyed it. I did, too. I thought it was really a touching, self-contained episode. You know, it was a total standalone. Henry's father dies, and he goes back to the childhood home, and he confronts some old memories, and he confronts his siblings, and he confronts some controversy. We had some good monologues, some good relationship talk. We we get filled in on the background from Henry and Elizabeth and their relationship. Relationship. And so we understand a lot more about the main characters now. I, I thought Tim Daly was particularly good in this episode. He was very understated, uh, right. you know, and a really good and performance. Vulnerable. I mean, you know, you really felt the vulnerability uh, and the sort of uh, fragility that, you know, when you lose a parent, how, how someone would feel. So I thought it was I thought it was really well done. And Jason their son, Jason, who's been missing for two episodes, he's back in, Leon. okay? And Apparently. he was very good. I thought he gave a very good performance. You know, he's I, a good I little did actor. Too. And yeah. there was also a superb performance by Kate Burton, who, um, as Henry's older sister, Maureen, never once in her career has Kate Burton played a lighthearted, carefree woman. Wouldn't she? <laughs> I no, mean, she brought it in this. I mean, I was all for her. You know, I was I was on her side. Maybe because I'm on the older oldest sister, Lynn. I was like, I understand what you're talking about. So that is so funny, Julie. That is true. That there's always one sister in the family that plays that role. And Kate Burton is the perfect queen of the embittered. You know, that's yes. just sort of how she's made her career. I think when casting yeah. directors think we need somebody really embittered. Oh, Kate Burton. So she was really good as Maureen, who had a lot of access to grind with Henry, with her siblings. She was the one that had cared for both her parents. She knew her father the best. She knew this. She knew that. She told everybody what to do. She told the teenagers what to do. I can see why you liked her, Julie. I can. I can. I can see why you liked her. 
Just because you all, when we were growing up, that's what you'd say. You're not the boss of us, Julie. You're not the boss. <laughs> and we still, it's, a, we still it's, it's an effective argument, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, do you remember a couple of years ago when we went to see that Edward Albee played the goat in, in Los Angeles yes. at the taper? Yes. And that Kate Burton was in that. Once again, she played the embittered wife whose husband is actually having an affair with the goat. <laughs> okay. It's not a metaphor, people. It's Edward yeah. Albee really messing with our mind. And yeah. she was like the same person in this play, in, in this little playlet here with uh, this Madam Secretary. So right off the bat, we get, we get the kitchen scene again. Jason's back in town. All the kids are there. There's some college talk. We have middle daughter Allison wants to strike out. You know, go go maybe to California. Ooh, that's a rad idea. And her parents are sh- stunned. She doesn't want to go to their alma mater. We have all felt that pain when our children reject our our college. God, that really don't want to listen to you on any anything to do with college. Yeah. Even though even though her father is a college professor, both of her parents were college professors, yeah. right? Yeah. She wants no part of it. And I'm thinking to myself. You're looking at tuition free going as, you know, the child of a college professor. That's part of their their uh, employment package. OK, no, you want to you want your parents to pay out of state tuition. Now, I know your mother is secretary of state, but still <laughs> she's just a government employee. When you think about it, just a government employee. Right. Uh, and then Jason has a scene with his dad where he sort of rejects everything his father stands for. He lashes out. Jason represents, you know, the rebel in the family. He's a Bernie Sanders supporter. I think it's fair to say Jason is the family's Bernie Sanders supporter. And he lashes out against his father, putting him in his place, saying, you know, you sold out to the man. You sold out to the military. You know, how dare you tell me what to do? So, and that kind of hurts Henry deeply. You can see that, but it sets up this whole idea of the father son dynamic sons and fathers having different opinions. And almost the very next scene, we find out that Henry's father has died and the whole family has to go to Pittsburgh. Now, do you remember Henry's father from season one, Julie? It was, uh, Tom Skerritt looking great. He did not look sick in that episode. No, he looked fine. Well, as we find out, he really wasn't sick. And, you know, that right. wasn't the cause of death. But you're right, Leon. And he's, he was a union organizer, but then he lost his job and he didn't want to reveal that to his son. So, right. Yes. So it got, they have a complicated relationship. We saw a bit of that in season one, but now he's just dead. We get no reappearance from Tom Skerritt or the ghost of Tom Skerritt. But the whole family just packs up, gets in all the SUVs, and heads to Pittsburgh. Uh, right, it's not a car trip like a Dolan family car trip where we'd all pile in one car. This is like, and they have, I don't know how many SUVs traveled to Pittsburgh. It was like four or five different big um, Cadillac es- Escalades uh, show up on this little street in Pittsburgh. Julie, it's protocol. As we heard many times, both last week and this week, it's protocol. They have to travel with that many cars and they have to keep the cars running. We know it's protocol. I was thinking, did they fly to Pittsburgh and then pick up the SUVs? I mean, that's a long drive from DC to Pittsburgh. No, not so long, Leon. It's really, it's not that bad. I think they, I think they uh, drove. I was (laughs) thinking the same thing. I was calculating exactly how far is it? So if you know how, how long it takes you to drive from Pittsburgh to D.C., please, uh, please let us know at uh, the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. But we set up, the tension gets set up right away, that this is not going to be, you know, the fun family funeral where everybody gets together and pats each other on the back and raises a toast to, uh, you know, to dear old dad. Instead, we get right away that Maureen thinks she's in charge. She has some axes to grind, and she's going to let everybody know exactly how she thinks things should be run. 
the teenagers, they're out of there. Like the cousins, they don't want to spend 12 seconds in, you know, the, the company of adults. Uh, the siblings all seem to have issues with each other. Uh, right. The brother-in-law basically does not get to speak and no one cares about him. Right. right. And then and now we, we learned that one of the marriages is breaking up. So there, there you have it. Yeah. I thought the teenagers, the fact that they were just trying to get out of that room as fast as they could, that was uh, true to form, right? Yeah. And then the best truth comes out over the course of the first couple hours is that they've always referred to Elizabeth, Madam Secretary, as Queen Elizabeth. Okay. That was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. Because well, you could see that. Totally. You could see yeah, yeah, and it didn't help when she shows up with the big, with the the entourage of SUVs, right. right? I mean, they just first of all, they don't give a hoot that she's the Secretary of State, except in no. the fact that they can resent that. <laughs> yes, right. They're not proud of it. No, I mean, they're not getting anything out of it. Right? No. Well, they uh, as things unfold, they do want some favors, but they have clearly always referred to her as Queen Elizabeth in the only way that like sisters-in-law could could do. <laughs> You know, they, even though the sisters, Henry's sisters, don't really seem to care for each other, they have bonded in their resentment of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. And I thought right. that was, uh, that was very truthful. I thought that was very truthful. So we learn uh, very quickly that the father has actually uh, not died of natural causes, but committed suicide, took some pills. And then his whole backstory seems to unravel. Uh, the kids are involved in tracking things down. It appears that he was swindled, conned, scammed by uh, someone posing as a woman online who he might be interested in. He's lost all his money. He's broke. He can't come to his kids. And so he takes his own life. It's pretty shocking, actually. It's a pretty right. shocking revelation. Right. And uh, – I, you know, the, the big sister, Maureen, Kate Burton, her instinct is no one should know the truth. We don't say this to anybody. And I have to say, I was kind of with her on that. <laughs> you know? I was too. I didn't know why when, you know, it was clear from many of his other uh, union colleagues that he was, you know, highly regarded. They thought he had a very generous heart. They, you know, they came and told stories how the father had you know, given someone, you know, his coat and, you know, always trying to do the right things that at that moment, if it didn't need to come out about the suicide, uh, why, you know, why go into it? Why not just bury the poor man, let him rest in peace? But that but was it, not to be. Henry right? can't do it. Henry has to tell his friends that, in fact, he committed suicide. And I was kind of shocked by that. I thought Kate Burton was going to strangle him. And I yeah. might have said something. And Elizabeth just proves that she... She has nothing to do. She's just standing in the kitchen for most of the episode, not really helping. With an apron on, Lynn. Did you see that apron? <laughs> I mean, really? The apron? And she's just like shuffling around some really <laughs> bad-looking casseroles. Even the aluminum foil on those casseroles didn't look good. It looked like it had been reused several times, you know? So. Yeah, she had no, she was cleaning out the fridge oh, ugh, in that apron, in that goofy apron. Now, Julie, you and I are both in-laws, all right? We, yes. we are married. Yes. We have in-laws. And we understand when you go to your husband's family, sometimes that is the best place for you. Just shuffling yeah. around in the kitchen, keeping your head down. Doesn't Keep matter your head down, the do the dishes, yeah. uh, take long naps or long walks. Just stay, stay out of the line of fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. Really, really do not create any controversy. Mm -hmm. uh, so the truth comes out that the father's created, you know, committed suicide. 
that it's clear that he has financial trouble when they go to pay for the casket and the insurance has lapsed. He hasn't made a payment in four months. And, uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth whips out her credit card and that's just seen as, you know, more just humiliation. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Another sign that she thinks her, that she's better than them. Actually, I think it's just a sign that she just wants to pay for the casket. I mean, what are the, what are the alternatives really? I was surprised they would turn on her there, but they managed to turn on her. And, uh, and then Henry, uh, the kids unravel this mystery. And then we just get a lot of bad. And then it becomes more like background on why does Henry have such issues. And Maureen, in fact, accuses Henry of essentially killing his father, which was so over the top. That was crazy. That was that was, that Maureen. She really went too far on that one. But, you know, again, she was she's in grief. People say things during the times of grief that they don't really mean or that they haven't thought out. And so, I, again, I, you know, I was I want to defend the oldest sister, Leanne. I just I wanted to give her a little space. OK, that's what I want to say. And we learned that Henry went off to the University of Virginia as a scholarship student. And the first parents weekend, you know, his dad shows up and he was so different than all of the other kind of masters of the universe parents, the non-scholarship kids. And, and Henry doesn't invite him to the father-son dinner. And that becomes an issue in their relationship ongoing, an ongoing issue in their relationship that somehow Henry is ashamed of his father, the union organizer. And they really drift apart from there. So we get that backstory. We also get the backstory, you know, that they met at the University of Virginia. Although I, I don't know when, do the math, because Henry's older than Madam Secretary, but okay. I guess we're just... <laughs> I mean, Tim Daly is 60 years old. Oh, yeah. That's it's fine. Yeah. Fine, Leanne. It's fine by me. <laughs> I mean, okay. Okay. Just, maybe he was a grad student. We care about the math when you're talking about Tim Daly. Okay. okay. I know. I mean, he's, I know he's the best looking 60 year old on the planet. Like, I, I get that, but, you know, he's fully 60 years old. So, uh, anyway, and then we get the backstory of Elizabeth. Like, you know, the kids are actually very helpful conduits this time. They do a great job in sort of drawing out the story from the parents and carrying stuff along. And uh, the oldest daughter asked Madam Secretary, like, why do you put up with this stuff? Why do you let Maureen, you're the Secretary of State, why do you let, you know, dad's sister, you know, stick you in the kitchen with that apron? And then she tells the story about losing her parents and how she and Eric Stoltz were just the only kids and they spent every, you know, holiday like by themselves eating TV dinners. And so when she met Henry's family, it was this big, messy, lively family. And that was something she had always wanted. And I thought that was very revealing too. Me too. Yeah. I thought that was lovely. And then, uh, and then there's this, this realization that, that Henry, they go for the walk, right? Henry and Madam Secretary go for the walk where they work everything out. They've got the secret. In their big them. matching goose down jackets. What was yes. that? Why did they the, have matching Those Canadian on? goose down jackets. They're each like a thousand dollars a piece. And they're matching uh, black turtlenecks. <laughs> I know. Queen Elizabeth and Prince Henry go for a walk. I, they look like they're going to the Arctic Circle, you know? They're only going to Pittsburgh. <laughs> and they work it out and Henry comes to the realization like they had, you know, the father had called him the week before and it was to say goodbye. It was to say everything's right. okay. It wasn't just, you know, as Maureen suggested, Henry didn't kill his father because he had rejected him. I don't think that's the way parental relationships work. And obviously there's a parallel with the conversation Henry had with Jason. And so then there's a very tear jerky moment at the funeral uh, where Henry stands up. He wasn't 
wasn't going to do a eulogy, uh, but he does stand up and say something. And that was that was lovely. That was very real. I thought that was a really nice uh, speech. Again, that this whole episode, uh, Tim Daly, I, I think, did a, just a great job acting, you know, of having the right sentiment, the right quality um, about, you know, wanting to, you know, you do need to. You know, I hate to close. You need to get that closure to say something, to comment on it. And it was just beautiful. It was just as you said, it wasn't a full eulogy, but just some some comments that provided great solace for everyone that was there. And uh, and so and then we see, you know, the classic scene, the backyard, the kids are all, you know, the adult siblings are all drinking beer, sharing stories of their father. There's a moment there where the McCord siblings come together. And, you know, that's we've been through some funerals recently. That does happen after after the sadness. Everyone stands around and laughs and and shares stories. So I like that moment. I thought that was a good moment. And, and I like that the generations, that the younger generation got to see the older generation interact. And just as you said, they were excellent conduits this um, this week for for telling the story. Meanwhile, back in D.C., Madam Secretary's staff, uh, Nadine, the chief of staff, is basically ordered by Russell, the president's chief of staff, to come up with this report on invasive species. And I and I have to. <laughs> to say, Julie, after watching Grease Live and then and then Downton Abbey, I couldn't really focus on this second story. I, I kept thinking, oh, what? I kept thinking, boy, I wish that guy who's Danny Zuko in Greece would join the cast of Madam Secretary. Can you imagine the karaoke <laughs> he and Patina Miller could kill at that bar? Like, I just really wasn't following that storyline at all. Like, It seemed like busy work to me, Liam. It yeah. seemed like a busy work um, sort of um, storyline for them just to keep having them on the episodes. But they really, you know, didn't have much to do. No. But it was good to see them. I always enjoy seeing them. But uh, there wasn't much moving on there wasn't much drama there there we didn't really learn anything more about those characters there was one redacted paragraph in this report that may come back as a storyline later so watch for that but i don't really know what was in the redacted paragraph because again i was thinking of danny zuko from greece doing karaoke in the bar in washington dc so i don't know production team you might want to get on that uh so uh we had some bonus material in this week's show first of all eric stoltz on facetime dr eric stoltz that was nice i don't know why they brought him in but hooray for that (laughs) well you know she madam secretary had been talking about her family and the relationship she has with her brother who was a doctor without borders somewhere in the world but a doctor with a perfect three-day facial beard as every time we see him so we got a little eric stole so that was a total bonus uh on the show and then we got madam secretary in casual clothes julie uh, what did you think about the striped sweater she was wearing? For a I minute? loved it, Leanne. <laughs> yes. Exclamation point. I want it. I thought the striped sweater was good. The black turtleneck was good. There was a blue blouse and a sweater thing. I, all the sweaters were good. Okay. All right. All hail Queen Elizabeth. She did a fine yes. job trying not to be the Secretary of State for one, <laughs> for one, you know, one episode. It must be hard. It must be really hard when you think about it, like you have these big giant jobs and then you have to go do something as mundane as, you know, go to a, go to a family funeral. Not that family funerals aren't important, but it just must be very difficult to kind of trade, trade hats. It like is, that. it is. But she's got to get a more functional apron because the one she was wearing, you know, that was like a 1950s apron. It didn't have a front smock to it, you know, I mean, 
I don't know where she had that. Was that in her go bag or something? She just keeps an apron? I don't know. Anyway, okay. All right, so very fine job this week by the actors, by the writers. Uh, just a really interesting kind of little play episode there on Madam Secretary. I think next week we'll be back to global affairs, but it was nice to see the personal side of the family. I, I, I agree. I liked the break. It was, it was a good show. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. To listen to more Madam Secretary recaps, you can go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com, or you can find us at iTunes. We also do twice-weekly shows on all kinds of topics, not just television. And we're doubling up on our recaps, and we're doing a Downton Abbey recap, too. So if you're new to Satellite Sisters, make sure you check out SatelliteSisters.com, or you can find our shows at iTunes or on the Stitcher app or on the podcast box. We are the Satellite Sisters. Have a great week, everybody, and don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.